Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music. Music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. And I couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. Bring on life. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. I love discovering, and in this case, it's extra mighty and extra fine. I talked with the mighty fine lead singer and main lyricist, Brooke Thompson, a splendid human being growing up before our very eyes, before our very ears. I say that because of what you will hear here. Hear, hear. I love that. Brooke himself has come to realize that time is a very precious thing, and we, you, me, him, had not to waste it. We did this over the Skype machine, he in California, me in Michigan, on March 31st, 2014. It it was a mighty find. So I guess, you know what I was interested in? Uh, I want to go through the Brothers and Smugglers record. Yeah. And I guess I was interested in where you're coming from lyrically, because it, it seems like you're diving into some sort of innerness inside of you that is going like, why am I built this way? Or what, what should I be doing different? Or who should I not be hanging around and all this kind of stuff? Right. Is that, is that about right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think for this record and, and compared to like what we've done in the past where I, Lyrically, I used to write a lot about like uh, broken relationships, uh, dealing in kind of the aftermath of that. Um, this time around, I really wanted to get away from kind of that personal aspect of what I had going on in terms of, um, you know, failed relationships and whatnot and kind of focus on other things that kind of pressed on me um, and try to harness those things. And what I try to do pretty consciously was um, look at things, um, uh, kind of examples that I could pick from, um, you know, that, that, I could, that would spark kind of these ideas. Um, and so different, you know, not every song, but there's a lot of songs where, um, you know, there was a certain platform that kind of sparked in my head what I wanted to do lyrically and it kind of just trickled down from there. Um, but there's definitely, um, you know, I, I think there's definitely some frustrations with the record, um, in terms of like, oh, where, where I was and still am in terms of, uh, you know, uh, one thing that kind of comes up a lot in the record is 
this dissatisfaction with not only myself, but with just seeing uh, kind of in 2014 how dependent we are on our phones and our social medias and these things that are used as tools, but at the same time have turned into dependencies. And I feel like take away from the precious time that we have to do and to observe and to enjoy actual life. Um, And so those were kind of some of the things that were really pressing on me at the time. Um, And it was kind of easy to write about. Why do you think you, you think time is precious is that something that's been in you for a while or is it something that you're just you're just coming to I yeah that's a great question um that's something in the last year or so I've really started to notice um uh, you know being I think probably I'm 27 right now uh you know older people would say I'm young still Younger people would say, well, shit, you're getting old. Um, and I'm kind of in the middle. But the one thing, the one truth that I know about it is I'm not getting younger. But it's becoming more of a, uh, a realization now. Like uh, now I know I'm not going to be in my 20s anymore. And I'm seeing these separations. Um, the, what's really starting to click or, uh, you know, kind of um, – really emphasizes those feelings is um and it's kind of silly but at the same time it's true um there's records that i just grew up on um even brand new records that came out 10 15 years ago and i'm just saying damn it's been that long and how rapidly it's come and you know we me and my bandmates were talking about um, I mean, I was seven, eight years old when this came out, but Green Day's Dookie came out 20 years ago. I remember the day that came out. I was not a Green Day fan, but my next door neighbor, same age as me, his dad took us to um, the warehouse so he could buy his Dookie tape. And I remember, and I didn't get it. I mean, it took me a few years to realize what all that was, but um, I mean, I thought it was cool with the artwork and, you know, little, you know, little monkey shits around and whatnot. And, you know, and all just the beautiful, what I now think is a little more beautiful artwork than things that come out today. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think kind of time is something that I, I'm more conscious of. I'm more conscious of the fact that uh, I need to be, I need to try to be healthier than I've been the last few years um, because my body feels it more now. And I know it's not going to get any easier. It's only going to get harder. Um, and all these things uh, start to kind of weigh down. Um, and also, too, I, I and I think it ties into a couple songs, um, Palindrome, um, the fourth, uh, the fifth track on the record um, is about my grandfather dying. And he was the first of really the first close person to me that's passed away. And now with a lot of other family, um, especially the, you know, some of my older family members that are starting to get older and starting to have issues, um, it's that realization that life is not uh, eternal. And so I think that's kind of another element of this record is there's a kind of like a life and death theme um, in a way with some of these songs. Yeah, I wondered if it was pa- something like Palindrome or your or your grandfather because my grandfather too was probably the first person in my life that I was really close to that died. And even then though, it was sort of like 
well, grandpas are supposed to die. You know what I mean? It's like they're supposed to die way before me, even though I think my grandpa was only in his 70s. And I say only in his 70s because at one time I thought 70s might as, might as well be the end of your life. And now I see people in their 80s and late. And I just saw Jimmy Carter on TV and he's 89 and he talks like he's 60. You know, I mean, he's, just, <laughs> he's amazing. So anyway, it's just things like that that make me make me appreciate life and was and maybe that's where I connected with your music so much just because of that song and then I start working my way back into other songs I go dude's dude's got a heart like me right now so well I'm 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 glad there's that connection I mean that I mean I want to say every lyricist wants to connect with the people that you know they're writing the music for and I can't say that's always the case um especially if you I mean, I, I don't praise myself as a great lyricist. All I have to say is that I really, when I write, I really enjoy it. And I don't write all the time. I'm not someone that's just writing 24-7 in terms of writing lyrics. Things are always running through my head, and I'm, but I'm not even always thinking of lyrically. It's kind of one of those things when there's a time and a place, and um, rather than diluting, I feel like when I try to write more, um, given that I even have uh, enough time to do it outside of everything else, right? Um, it just, it feels like it's more natural when I have a little bit of pressure in order, like that, you know, I have this task at hand and really there's a motivator there that knowing that I have, um, you know, this, uh, these 10 songs or 10, 15 songs or however many I'm needing to write, um, the fact that there's pressure to do it, I feel like I do it a little more effectively. Um, but in terms of connecting, um, I want people to feel, I want people to at least think, you know, and even if they don't agree or they don't, you know, necessarily latch on to what I'm saying, at least to think about you know, have questions about what it might be about. Um, I try not to write, write too metaphorically, but at the same time, I try not to write too straightforward at the same time to where you're just, um, you're just kind of being really blunt. I'm not, I'm not that brave, let's say. I always think it's great if you can get the conversation started in my head, even if that conversation only stays in my head, right? Right, right. Yeah. So let's go through songs. How about in Into the Clouds? Uh first track, right? Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. But I thought that was a lot about careful who you follow, really. Yeah. Um I in I don't know if you know this, but um this song I wrote specifically, it what it really sparked from um is from one of my favorite movies of all time. Um and that would be uh, The Empire Strikes Back episode five of star wars um there's a scene or a group of scenes where uh han solo and the gang they go uh, seek refuge um from lando calrissian in cloud city and you know he's coming to get help from his friend someone that you know more or less he can trust um and uh, at that time lando um picked the easy way out he decided to make a deal uh with the empire and um and turned his back on his friend essentially um because he knew that his friend was coming and didn't stick up for him so there's that sense of betrayal there um and i feel like 
that really spoke with me because I feel like there's been times in my life where that's happened. Um, there, I, I didn't pull from anything specific in writing the song. It was more of a kind of a narrative on uh, loosely based around uh, the, the movie scenario. But there's a lot of that feeling of, you know, kind of be careful with who you trust um, because sometimes the people that you think are your friends um, really are just in it for themselves. And, um, you know, it's kind of when you're being put to the test that you um, learn who those friends are and, um, you know, you can move it one step forward. I think this is just through like analyzing the lyrics you start to think, well, you know, over time you realize who your friends are. And it's, I think that ties into that sense of um, preciousness. Time is sensitive. And uh, over the course of time, you realize you can kind of weed out the fools, essentially. I think if you listen to the lyrics um, or anyone that's kind of curious about it, kind of go through, maybe even watch that scene in Star Wars while listening to it. Because I actually did that. While I was writing uh, the song, I would watch that scene or those scenes over and over again and get pick up imagery. Write, I would write down everything. I'd even write down notes, uh, commentary that George Lucas said because I wanted to get his – background on why he um you know created those scenes and created that conflict um and there's not much resolve in um the lyrics as there is uh later in the movies with lando um kind of redeeming himself and his redeeming qualities but this song solely focuses on um the whitewash the betrayal the um, you know, kind of the turning of backs um, that I think happens probably more than we realize. Well, I, I wish that as I get older, I wish my my trust factor would become more honed, but I'm, I'm not sure it does. And I think maybe every time that I've been betrayed, my trust meter just sort of keeps diving down even deeper and going, don't trust anybody. And that's, that's no way to live either, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, and and I feel like for me, you know, I I do I put a lot of trust in the people. I feel like I'm a little bit wiser now as I get older as to who I I can sense these things a little bit more. But then again, there are times where um, I think in a broad generalization, uh, sometimes you can be fooled by that, you know, by your own senses. Hey, the next track is uh, "Break the Tide" and. I think it's about getting away from the negative in your life and somehow breaking free, <laughs> somehow getting away from it all. It is. It is. I mean, I think you're, you're on point with that. Um, Break the Tide is a song where it's kind of that feeling of like you're in an endless cycle that just needs to break from. Um there, the inspiration for Break the Tide, um, I just feel like a lot of times in, and not even in uh, romantic relationships, but even in friendships, any kind of relationship, sometimes words can be twisted around, manipulated, um, misinterpreted. And, you know, through all that, um, you can develop unhealthy relationships. And sometimes in order to better yourself, you need a break from that, but you get so damn comfortable sometimes in the relationship that you are already in. It's hard to do that because that's all, you know, sometimes 
And so it's easier um, just to kind of stick with it. And it's kind of a call to arms to break from those habits that you have of wanting to stay in something that may be abusive or uh, not even physically or verbally, but just mentally. Um, And so uh, a couple things that I thought were key with this song was um, the first few phrasings on the first verse and the second verse are tongue twisters. Um, If you notice, um, you know, the first few uh, lines all start with a certain letter um, for the first line and you go to the second line and it does the same thing. Um, Twisted tongues, turbulent to the torch. Um, It's the idea that, you know, you kind of stumble over your words. Sometimes you can't get out what you want to say. Um, and I feel like I've been in that situation. I know people that have been in that situation where you're so in the moment and you're so entangled um, and so frustrated that you sometimes can't say what you need to say in order to break free from what it is you're trying to get away from. Um, and that was kind of the purpose of putting these tongue twisters in there a little bit was to do that. And then um, just it's I mean, the chorus kind of hits home, you know. I you just need to kind of um, need. I say I need you to believe that I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back to this place because this place is toxic. This place is has a lot of turmoil. Um, because if I do come back to it, it's just going to be the end of me. Um, it's going to lead me to a heart attack mentally, uh, or I should say figuratively or literally, you know, maybe in the future. Um, but I, I think it was kind of a, it was a song to get a lot off my chest. Um, and I, I think that song is very relatable for a lot of people because I think, uh, on the day to day you get kind of stuck with, um, you know, with, either um friends or coworkers or you know your partner um and if you don't know how to stick up for yourself and that's a real i guess that's the key to it is you're sticking up for yourself um when at times you feel like there you're, you're not capable of it well so bad form was kind of where we started right a little bit when you're talking about uh almost too too much technology or at least progress is not all good right yes that was actually one of uh i think bad form is probably lyrically one of my favorites um that we that i wrote for um for the record it just it came from a very honest place and i feel like um as i mentioned before yeah i mean I get worried. Um, you know, I have brothers that are a little bit younger. They're 15 and 13. And they, even though we're 13 or 15 years apart, um, they, I mean, their their culture growing up is a bit different than mine, which is also different than probably yours. Um, you know, I, Growing up, we I did have the internet. I did have, I mean, we had Napster, you know, things like that. You could, I've always had access to music online, um, you know, but it's really, especially in the last few years and for the people that are starting to grow up and as well as adults, including myself, you just get um, 
wrapped up and dependent on the things that, uh, I mean, shit, it's awesome that you and I can be Skyping right now on here. That's something I couldn't do 10 years ago. There's just no way we would maybe do a phone interview, but at the same time, you probably couldn't record it as easily, um, as you can now. But, um, I think it's a very scary thought that, Without, if we were to all not be able to turn our phones on or our computers on um, tomorrow, how, how how much trouble we'd be in? Really, I mean, it'd probably be liberating. But the way this world works now is that we're so indebted to these things that keep our lives running. We're, and uh, in, in a way, I feel like we want things to happen. Um, and actually I, I won't go into the next part cause that actually ties into another song, but we, yeah, I mean, I, I worry. And I think that was something that kind of spawned bad form for me is that it doesn't feel right to me. It, this doesn't feel like this is how I'm supposed to live life. Third, I catch myself a lot. I mean, with my friends, with my fiance, they're talking to me and uh, and I'll be on my phone and I'm the first to admit I I'm not proud of that. I think it's extremely rude and it's kind of horseshit. I mean I I have more precious time getting to spend with them and rather I'm here refreshing my Instagram feed for no reason. I mean sometimes I have important stuff, you know, I'll have some emails that I need to shoot out and whatnot, but really not I don't have that much that's really that important to take away from the real life there's a lot of beauty outside and I say and I mentioned it in the lyrics it's beautiful outside but unfortunately we're so engulfed with what we have right in front of us I just I just asked my wife uh yesterday I said hey what's the temperature outside now forget it I can just look at my phone it's like I can't take fifteen steps to go step outside on my, in my yeah. front. Yeah, it's like oh my gosh, you you lose the sense of feel and the sense of sight. Um, I mean, you really, I I don't know how we're not in worse shape than we already are in terms of uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I by now should be cross-eyed for looking at my phone so damn much, um, but. I think we in, in like a lyric that always sticks out to me um, in bad form is it says the lure of convenience sucks us in we're entertained by fuss and irrelevance and it just it always hits home to me no matter what because I feel like no matter what we're drawn to things that really aren't that important to us in life and it's hard to escape it once you've started and it's a habit and it's a habit that's extremely hard to break. And as we get older and as we're adapting to this technology and future forms of this technology, I don't know how we can get away from it. And in the chorus, you know, it says, tell me, is it too late to reverse the state of mind? Um, or if we had the chance, would we take back the time? Would we, would we even want to? I mean, there's obviously times where 
it's awesome to um, have these things at our fingertips. It really is. I can download some new music in a heartbeat. I don't have to wait, you know, two days to get to the record store and spend fifteen dollars. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I think there's a lot of irreversible um, damage that comes along with it. It's it's just a funny thing how I want better apps and I want these things to be easier because of my phone, but yet. There's a part of me, just like you and probably just like our grandfathers, who want to warn the people behind us, in your case, right now, your brothers, you want to say, wait a minute, this isn't all it's cracked up to be. It may look great, and what you're doing wrong may, may seem great, but watch out. Yeah, and you, feel, and you feel it. Like, I feel it. I mean, I am cognizant, I, I'm cognizant of the fact that it, I can feel the fact that it, it's not a good feeling, um, you know, there's a lot, it, it's, it's a filth, it's a toxic, um, but at the same time, I can't get enough of it. Not that I need it, but it, and it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, how are my children going to be raised? And it's hard, you know, it's hard to say right now. I, I mean, I don't know what's up. I probably won't have kids for a few years, but at the same time, you know, it's going to be a whole different ballpark when they're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, I know. When they're talking to their wrist and they're going, what is that big thing that you used to carry? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I do a lot of uh, legacy interviews, interviewing older people for their families, right? And it's just amazing what people have lived through in the last 60, 70, 80 years from literally not having indoor plumbing to me carrying around something in my pocket that I can watch an H HD movie on, right? I I can't fathom what they used to go through. I just can't, I can't even get there. And yet they lived it the whole time. And I go, well, anyway. No, yeah. I, and, and you know, some people give older people a hard time for this or that, but you know, I, I, I do think the older that you get, the wiser you get. Um, and I just hope that for me, I, I listen uh, to myself more than you know. I, I I'd rather practice what I preach than the the inverse of that. So, um, you know, ask me in twenty years <laughs> if I have or not, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be blunt then, and I'll tell you. I, at that time, I'm sure we'll just have a mind meld, so I won't have to actually ask you. I'll just know your thoughts from here, wherever I'm at, at in the world. So, no, I'll be Please. at that point. I, I promise you, I will be off the grid. I that I I will not be accessible at that point. Did you watch or or read the book Into the Wild? You know, I saw the movie. I never read it. Same here. And but there's a part of me that that is still attractive, right? It's like, could I move away from it all, and still I would miss this, right? I would miss connecting with somebody, which I think is what was right. the point of the end of the movie, right? But still, there's a part of me that wants to go. You know what? Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. So anyway, but, but that, that said, I mean, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you were going to move into trade brigade when you were talking about the, the other song, but, uh, uh, to me, there's so much materialism and junk around us that, that keeps that just like technology keeps us clawing for the next thing. And wow, you wrote about it. And, and I think it's about really about not caving into it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think you're going to probably see more and more people as time go on, because I know I'm not the first uh, to write on that subject. 
Uh, I mean, materialism has always been kind of something that's been written about in kind of the punk ethos and anti-materialism. And I can't necessarily say I live by an anti-materialism lifestyle by any means. Uh, but I think more and more people are feeling feeling that sense of uh, disconnect, even though you're always connected, if you catch my drift. So let me jump back to Snakeskin, because I did sort of move forward. Uh, Snakeskin was written about needing to do things sometimes that you don't want to do in order to survive, in order to move forward. Um, mm-hmm. And it's debatable as to what those things are, whether it's you know a good thing or a bad thing. But regardless, sometimes in order for us to um, kind of, especially when we're in um, kind of a turmoil state of mind um, or even in a physical aspect, you know, you have to do things maybe that you don't want to do um, to get out of that situation and to, um, to move forward. And um, that song was, I guess I should step back. Have you ever seen uh, the show Man vs. Wild? Just know it's out there. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Okay. So the story behind Snakeskin is that um, the the main guy from Man vs. Wild, uh, Bear Grylls, he goes out every episode and they, they lodge him in some you know remote destination and he has to kind of use his survival tactics. He's like some kind of like UK Navy SEAL or former Navy SEAL or whatnot. And so – he in the show shows you know what he does in order to get through um, you know whether he needs to find water or food or shelter and you know he's in these really uh, you know really dangerous settings to where a normal person like you or I would last you know about ten minutes in before we get eaten alive by some uh, beetle that you've never heard of before. But uh, there's a specific episode that I, as soon as I saw the episode, I was like, shit, I'm going to write a song about this because uh, I just thought it was so cool. And what it was was there was an episode where um, Bear Grylls is in the um, – he's in the desert. I can't remember which desert he was in, but he's walking through the desert and he knows he's running out of water. Um, he knows at a certain point he will not have any more fresh water. Um, and so he, uh, when he encounters this rattlesnake, I think it was rattlesnake. It was some kind of scary snake. Um, he has a way that he knows how to kill these things. Like, you know, I just stand still and let it bite me probably, but he, he has a way to attack them and what he does, you know, he kills them, he chops their head off, buries the head, um, typically will um, flush out um, the meat, cook it up or whatnot. Well, he saves the skin on this guy, and what he does is he pees in it. He actually pisses in the skin, and by doing that, he ties up from the other end from where he chopped the head off. He'll tie it up, and he'll put the this – it's basically like he's – you know. F- refilling the the skin up with fluid and wraps it around um, his neck and keeps marching on. And at that very last moment when he absolutely needs that little bit of um, hydration, and though, you know, drinking your own piss is not recommended, um, you can do it in order to survive. And that's what he does. He... Yeah, he takes this and he and he's 
kind of gagging while he does it, but it's not something glamorous, but he unties the, um, the snake skin and then just shoots it down. And it's, was just enough fluid for him to get to the, the neighboring town where he could finally get shelter. And that's, he always ends up at some village or something. And that's the end of each episode. But, um, I just thought, God, how cool. I mean, really to put yourself in, in a situation like that, where you're willing to go up against all odds and really push to, um, I don't know. I mean, really uh, put yourself out there and risk everything. Uh, and at the same time, um, it's worth the risk, let's say. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of times in life we get challenged with those situations. And, um, you know, it's kind of like... I don't know. I mean, I, I want to be inspired by these kinds of stories or these kinds of um, situations to where I'm motivated to do the things that I might not want to do in order to push forward um, and to do it in an honest way. Because um, I think there's a lot of people that also can get selfish with it and do things to put themselves ahead of others. But um, I've been thinking about it more and more, especially uh, as I start a family. And I know there's going to be a lot of times where I'm going to have to put myself last um, in order to move forward. I have to put other people first. Um, and I know it'll be worth it, but, you know, it'll be it'll be changed. It'll be hard. It'll be something I'm not used to. And different challenges like that, I think, um, as time goes on, um, we all get those kind of trials and it's going to be up to us to decide whether or not we decide to move forward or not even move back to stay where we are and drown in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be hard for you because you seem like a, a gracious guy. And, and with me who, who I have kids and when I've made myself last, I got to tell you, it's a beautiful feeling. You know what I mean? It's, it's not even like a choice anymore where, Maybe when I was in your shoes, I'd go, wait a minute, do, what do I want? What am I going to lose? But now once I, once I have kids, it's like, wow, everything is so much better. And I am last in many things and I love it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you seem like that guy. So I, again, where, you, where right now it might seem like it might be a bigger deal, but I don't think so for you. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, it, I don't think the in snakeskin it really deviates from that idea the whole time. I mean, you you actually kind of have to know the story in order to get all the lyrics because I do say take a drink from snakeskin, endure the taste that keeps you breathing, and so that's a, that that is a direct uh, reference to what Bear Grylls does. He actually has to drink from the snakeskin. Um, cause if not, he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay right where he is and he's going to burn in the sun. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun writing that song too. Um, to watch some crazy guy on TV and fun. I think it's just more fun finding inspiration from those things and you can find a way to apply it to your own life. It's like finding something in Breaking Bad or something. It's like. There's stuff going on. There. I, I should have done that. I'm not caught up on Breaking Bad. And 
maybe if I had been, maybe there would have been more, uh, you know, more lyrical references to that. Um, but I actually, uh, have you ever seen Boardwalk Empire? It's on HBO. Uh, kind of takes place in the uh, the 20s. It's all about like prohibition. And um, I swore I was going to write a song based off of that show and uh, for this record, and I never did. And it would have been the perfect. Uh, there would have been perfect elements from um, that show that I think would have tied in really well with um, with this. And I don't know. I think I just kind of forgot. Originally, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write about this. And then just you, know, you start getting into writing a bunch of other stuff and kind of drop the ball on it. So I'll save that for the uh, the next release, I think. Just a couple more songs. And I know Daphne's going to get probably long because it was so powerful. But before I get to that song, if you will, uh, how about Way Too Fast? Um, th- there's a superficial world out there, and it's probably pretty easy to, as we have talked, really, right? Pretty easy. To yeah. Hear pretty easy to become a part of it full tilt. Oh, definitely. Um, interesting thing about this song is, um, lyrically, I wasn't sure what, where I was going with this song when I first wrote it. Cause I kind of had this line, uh, from the chorus saying something way too fast, but the direction that I ended up with isn't where I was originally thinking I was going, if that makes sense. When I was first writing, I remember I would be going on runs in the morning and I'd have the demo, um, you know, we would demo out the songs on guitar and drums and whatnot. And then I would run and I'd listen to the demos and and I did this a lot with this record uh, by demoing, um, sometimes writing lyrics to a full, like rather than I, a lot of times I used to just write to the guitar, but it didn't always transcribe the same way as uh, writing it. Um, having melody ideas working with uh, a demo is really nice because then you kind of get the full band aspect and it kind of, it can impact the way you write. And so I would go on runs or go on walks and I would hum, you know, these words and way too fast kept coming up. But I thought maybe like I'm living life way too fast, like living life on the edge. And I started thinking, well, I don't know if I completely feel like I can passionately write about that and eventually kind of turned into what it is. And this song definitely ties into, uh, uh, like bad form where, you know, I mean, there's a certain sense of commercialism that's getting sent, uh, to us. And this is something that is, you know, modern America has always dealt with, um, is, there's always shit that's being advertised to us. We have billboards everywhere. There's billboards and we don't even know it on our phones, on our TVs, uh, in magazines, uh, everything. Everything's a billboard. And we're made to feel like we need to keep up with these things. And that's marketing. I mean, it is. And a lot of successful marketing will make you feel like you need to. And I mean, part of my job is I help market wine, uh, you know, so I, I mean, so you get it right. You get, you know, that you're being sold. I, I understand it and I understand both sides of it. Uh, um, but I'm playing victim here, um, lyrically because I just feel like sometimes some of the crap that, uh, we're being marketed with is crap. It's stuff that is not meant to last. 
It's just meant to tease you for a little bit so you buy into it. And by the time you buy into it, you're already you're it's already obsolete. You're already out of date. You, you need to catch back up. And in doing that, you're kind of um getting wrapped into that sense of um overspending and over indulging um and maxing yourself out um and that that was kind of the real premise of it by the time we deal in to these things we're being maxed out we're we can't catch up there's no way um but we're we've created a society that where it feels like it's possible it's almost possible to you know to get there to achieve every new thing that's out there um but by the time we get that new one um shit's breaking on us we have credit cards that we're paying and it's an endless cycle it's another cycle that we have to break um and not every, not everyone will do it. I think some people can. I think it's definitely based off of habits. Um, I know I've gone back and forth between being a real spender and being someone that's very frugal. And I, I would be, say I'm more or less in the last couple of years have been a lot more frugal in, in saving money and trying to find ways not to spend. And it's hard. It's very difficult. It's a, it's a practice. And it's something... Uh, you can relate this to snakeskin. It's something that you not necessarily want to do, but need to do if you want to move forward and not backwards. Um, and in in that way, I think that's how some of these songs start to tie together a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because I think marketing is about telling you that if you don't do this, you you can't move forward. Yet, just as you said, you're probably moving backwards if you get in that. Uh, I'll say I'll say backwards spiral. And you know? and, and I, I take a few liberties in saying that you know some of this is obviously you have to take with a grain of salt. I mean, it's not like you're gonna just never buy anything and be a hermit for the rest of your life. Um, but I think people understand that. I think it's um, what I'm talking about is just that overall sense of uh, as a whole, our society is made up of these sensations, these. Uh, billboards that make us feel a certain way and make us feel inadequate without them. So um, I, I just think it's things to think about at least, not necessarily say you have to change the way you live your life, but I'd I like people to think about, you know, the reasons why they do the things that they do a little bit more, including myself. Well, hence, hence the conversation we had about, the attraction of living off the grid, right? I mean, exactly. I'm finding more and more is in this, in this life, less is more. Um, and, and not, that's not, I can't always say that about everything, but, uh, if I can find an hour, uh, you know, of time where I, I can just not do anything, you know, and I, it's a rarity, you know, I wish I could pay to have an extra hour in the day where I can just disconnect from it all. Um, and that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to go 24 seven, um, you know, in order to, um, uh, just stay afloat. But part of that ties into, you know, where everything's made to be convenient 
and uh, with convenience, every everything is expected to happen a lot quicker. And if things are going to happen quicker, that means there's more time to do more things. Um, and I know that's one thing I've struggled with the last few years is I do too much. I feel like sometimes I plan too many things out. I can't tell you when the next weekend I have where I don't have anything going on. I mean, whether it be because of, and, and there are a lot of things that, that I like to do. It's not that I'm just doing things that make me miserable, um, but there's not enough rest sometimes. Um, you know, we have shows coming up this weekend in Southern California. I'm going to have a blast. The following weekend, I have uh, work up in San Francisco. It's going to be awesome. Uh, in between, I have work. And then, you know, after that, you know, there's a wedding. Then there's this, that, and the other thing. So, you, you know, um, it, it just astonishes me how sometimes people will say, God, I'm bored. And, you know. Say, oh man, I would trade with you for a minute, you know. But uh, I, I think people can relate to that, though. Let me let me just say the two I want to talk about hit me in the middle of the heart, I guess, because the, the idea in who's to know about how fragile we all are, and I also got the sense of from that song that you there's a blessing about it too. Yes, if, if that's the right word. No, it is there. There's a certain beauty that resides, obviously, within, or maybe it's not obvious, maybe it's not, but uh, there's a certain beauty that exists outside of all the all the complicated um, lifestyles that we live through, and. Who's to Know was written as an eye-opener because um, my fiance she was almost killed in a car accident about uh, three years ago. And um, she, you know, she was driving down um, to Southern California and um, hit some really bad wind and her, she kind of lost control of her vehicle totaled it i mean they she was very close to dying and it was kind of i don't want to say a wake-up call for her but it was definitely a second chance um it was that sense of you know you don't know when your time is going to come up and you better make the most of it I mean, really, there's not everyone gets 80 years, 90 years. Some people get a lot less. And I think that also hits home, too, with not only our, just our own lives, but the people that we value around us. Um, I mean, if I, I try not to think about it, but sometimes I'll get thoughts in my head of what if one of my f- best friends died or what if my mom died or, you know, anyone. And, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Um, and unfortunately, it's probably more realistic than we want it to be. Um, and so that song really just kind of came about pretty naturally. I, um, I had different names, titles for the this song, and I just kept it simple. Who's to know? I mean, it kind of it's to the point. You got it right away. Uh, it's not hiding anything. Um, you know, we'll be lucky if we can get through it, but uh, not everyone gets a second chance. 
Yeah, and I just thought it was a great, I mean, the title's a great phrase because I I guess I've thought it and maybe said it a hundred times because too many times we all want to give it to, well, God's in control or I'm in control or whatever is in control. And it's sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Who knows? And that's okay. And to accept that, to sort of embrace that is a beautiful place to be, I think, as a human being. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you can um, kind of take comfort in knowing we all have to live through that. I mean, we all, no one is above anyone else. And it kind of puts everyone on a common ground there. Um, and if you start to think of it that way, you start to think it, it all, it trickles down. I mean, then you start to realize, you know, no one life is really more valuable than another. Um, no matter how flashy of a car you have or how much money you make or how popular you are, um, you know, we're, we're all human beings and, uh, we're, we're all going to go at some point and it's, a ma- it's a matter of cherishing those that you have around you and the ones that you love um and sticking to them you know supporting them let them support you um and i think it's as simple as that that's it's a simple song and it's meant to be it was written in a simple manner there's no frills to it um lyrically it's simple i mean it's a simple message that i think is meant to stand out you you know and then and i go to daphne which i referred to a couple times but it's you use the word cherish, and I thought that that's an interesting word to use because it's almost like this Daphne is someone who cherished life, even though the end was nearer, supposedly, for her than you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you got it. Um, I did not have the pleasure of meeting um, the one, this Daphne, this woman that the song's written about. Um, the story of Daphne uh, is a story that was told by um, a friend, um, not even a close friend, but someone that had this experience with her. He worked um, at the time he was working at a restaurant and um, during his shift, he walked up to this woman that uh, looked pretty, um, pretty sickly. I think he could tell pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, she did, she's pretty pale in the face, um, that she, her time was, was near. Um, and you know, he asked her how she was doing and, um, you know, and she, um, I think she said, she said, what did she say? She said, um, Though though she looked terrible, she the way he described her was that um, she was the happiest person that he probably had ever met. And she said, like, you know, I'm amazing. The sun is out. I'm eating one of my last meals, um, you know. And he, he said, you know, he was honored to serve her. And they didn't really talk for a long time, but in that short amount of time, there was so much there. There There's so much richness, richness there. And, um, I think she appreciated the fact that, you know, he didn't make a big deal of that, you know, her, her time was running short, but her outlook on life was just incredible. Um, 
because there was no question that she was terminal, that she wasn't going to make it through. Um, But she had that atmosphere around her that made him and I'm sure other people that she encountered feel like, you know, there's that preciousness again with life and how short life is. And um, it's what you make of it. Um, I thought it was really cool because towards the end, this was around the holiday times, uh, not this last year, but the year before. And, you know, um, there's some of the words um, that are, you know, in quotations uh, in the lyrics of, of this song are things that, you know, he said that she said, basically. Um, but one one thing that uh, always stood out to me was that she said, um, and I don't think I necessarily put this in the lyrics, but she said, a person a day is all it takes to change the world. And, um, and I kind of, I rephrased it a little bit and then I go into the course and I say, Daphne, you're, you're all it takes to change the world. Uh, that's so down and out and you're brave in our veins. You are the, she's the epitome of the attitude that it takes to make this world a better place. Uh, not everyone possesses that and it doesn't come naturally. Sometimes you have to work to have that kind of outlook, but those positive outlooks um, on such negative and grave situations, I think are really pretty incredible. Um, And, you know, it, it was probably one of the, um, I had honestly, it was an honor to write a song about her and I wish I could have met her. And, you know, the song is most definitely dedicated to her. Um, and it was really cool too, because at the end, my friend, um, as she left, after she left, um, she left a card there for him and in the card, he opened it up and he's like, kind of was shocked and there was a $50 bill inside and just why she, she had no reason to give him, you know, this extra money. And maybe she had a little bit of money left on this earth to give out and wanted to give it to people, you know, that felt like she deserved it. I mean, whatever the reasoning was, I don't think the $50, the monetary value was nowhere near as important as the value of that conversation. Um, and I think the more opportunities that we can have in our lives to, um, you know, have that kind of outlook, I think can only benefit people. Yeah, you know, she's she's the reason that I don't think I'll ever go off the grid because I, I still love people. And I still think that there's goodness, I'll say in most of us, but it's the reason. I mean, I have, I have to find reasons for me and my kids <laughs> to to go yeah this is the reason we're in this together i guess right and oh totally and she moved his needle which moved your needle which now moves my needle right i would never meet daphne and that's the, and that, that's the whole point of this uh i think the whole purpose of her was to be that spark and I want to believe that this will reach as, I mean, even if it reached 
two people, you know, which it already has. I think, I mean, that that's a hero in my book, you know, in a way she's saving people's lives, um, by just being that, um, you know, someone to look up to. Cause if we can, if we can harness those kinds of outlooks, those kinds of feelings, those kinds of sentiments, uh, you know, we're only going to live in a, in a much richer and better place for ourselves and people that have to deal with us, you know? Well then honestly, I, I think the name of your band is just about right. The mighty fine. It's, Perfect for me, <laughs> right? Uh, you want to? You don't want to know where we got that name from? That's fine, that's fine. But it's mighty fine. But I do appreciate this time, man. Yeah, it's, of it's course. Thank you. I, I you so know, good. It's cool. I mean, there's times where we get to, you know, people ask us about what this song's about, this and that. But it's always different in a when you're typing it out. It's not as personal as you having a conversation and people that are truly engaged in wanting to know and have some insight as well about the lyrics. Um, you know, I, I look forward to getting to chat with people like this. Uh, and I appreciate you going through listening to the record and having that connection and wanting to do this with us. Um, we really appreciate that. Dude, when, when I get moved, I want to talk with the, the movers and the shakers as it were. Yeah, definitely. Well, Frank, I, I really appreciate the time and uh, hopefully we'll reconnect again. Right on, dude. Thanks, man. Have a great night. Have a, and try that Michigan wine tomorrow. I will. I'll let you know yeah. how it is. Right, see you Take later. care. Bye-bye. I hope you like their tunes just as much as this convo. I think, yeah, I think I'm glad I do not know how the mighty fine found their name. I take direction well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>